0: POV by POC. Mm -hmm. Hey y'all my name is Valerie Reyes and I will be your host for this podcast the POV by POC podcast and I want to start off by diving into why I created this podcast. I just kept witnessing the fact that There's a lot of conversations that are not had with family, especially as people of color. It's very taboo in Caribbean cultures, in Hispanic cultures, to just have certain conversations. Like, for example, I remember growing up and not even knowing what the hell was a period. Not even knowing much about sex. Like, the first time I really learned anything about sex was in a sex education class when I was in 5th grade. But otherwise than that, I had no clue. And even to this day, now that I'm 23 years old, almost 24 years old, I've never had an actual conversation about sex with my mom. I never had a conversation with any adults in my life about... Growing into your sexuality, just trying to figure out yourself, what you're into, and that part of yourself is kind of like, just kept on the low, you know? I honestly can just recall the fact that growing up, it was very much praise for boys to learn their sexuality and be sexual and just brag about it and about how many partners they've had and who they got to hook up with and whatever the case may be versus when it comes to girls or when it came to girls well still does honestly (laughs) when it comes to girls it's like she need to keep that shit a secret she need to keep that shit in her pocket for the right man and that man better be her husband and if it's not her husband and if it's multiple partners then she's a hoe and it sucks because it's like Why is it that society promotes that? Why is it that when a guy is over here flaunting their sexuality and, like, it's cool. It's the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) But if it's a woman, it's like, oh yeah, there's no reason she should be telling the world about that. There's no reason why she should be publicly displaying it. It's just crazy. Honestly, that topic of conversation along with many other that we will discuss throughout the entirety of this podcast are just things that I feel like should be talked openly because I had to talk to friends and even with my friends they were trying to figure out certain things for themselves and based on their experience and what they came across so it's like Why are we having these conversations in private? Why are we struggling to figure stuff out? If it's stuff that is natural, it's stuff that happens to everyone, it's life. I created POV by POC, which stands for Point of Views by People of Color. I created this podcast just to create a space, a safe space for people of color to have these discussions, but it's not only limited to people of color, but I feel like genuinely it's my target audience in a sense because there are certain experiences that I feel like certain cultures cannot relate to but of course there are a lot of things that are pretty general and I'm pretty sure that it'll still be able to apply to to anyone honestly. So before we get into the first topic I wanted to just let you guys know that POV by POC is available on a number of platforms. For the free slash non-subscription platforms, we have rss.com, we have YouTube.com, and then for the subscri- the subscription-based platforms is Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If there's any platforms that you guys would like to see POV by POC on, just let me know. You can reach me by email at POV by POC at gmail.com or Instagram at POV by POC. Alright y'all, let's hop in. So this episode is very near and dear to me because it's honestly a reality check for myself. This is really me just being self-aware and holding myself accountable. So before anything, I would like to just highlight the fact that I am not perfect. I am in no way trying to judge anyone. Um, This is just my life, Honestly. This is just me on a healing journey and just trying to understand myself and everything that I've experienced. So with that being said, I thought it'd be a very interesting first episode to just be transparent with you guys and just really talk about things that I've been dealing with, things that I've been affected by, and things that have impacted and molded me to the person that i am today and the person that i will become honestly so hi everyone my name is valerie and i have mommy and daddy issues now i never thought i'd ever say those words i thought that did not apply to me but the older i get the more i realize that i do Oh, for some background, obviously, before we get into this, um, I am of Dominican heritage. So I am Dominican American and yeah, so I was raised by a single mother who migrated to the United States, um, before I was born. And then she had me with my father who decided to be very inconsistent in my life until he wasn't and was just straight out absent. So, my father was inconsistent in my life from the ages two to like twelve, and then I took it upon myself as a twelve year old to acknowledge the fact that he didn't really want to take responsibility for having a child. I mean, he didn't do so with the previous two child child what <laughs> with the previous two children that he had, why would he do it with me? So it was a lot of me just witnessing my mom constantly being on his ass and constantly asking him, hey, are you going to pick up your daughter this weekend? Hey, like make sure that you are in your daughter's life and just constantly nagging, nagging, nagging him. I reached a certain age where I can see that I understand the situation and I decided to not be involved in that. I decided to relieve him of the responsibility that I imagined was being forced onto him. And from the ages 12 to 22, I didn't speak a word to my father. He didn't speak a word to me. It's not like he came looking for me or anything. Even though he maintained a pretty standard relationship with my mom where he would make it seem like he wanted to be in my life, but never made the efforts to do so. So, yeah. I was raised by a single mother, where eventually she met my stepfather, and he helped raise me, and he is still currently in my life. And I am so grateful for both of them, because I know that they did the best that they can, the best that they knew. So... I want to start off by saying that um, I am super grateful for everything that my mom has sacrificed. I am super grateful for everything that she has done to make sure that I had the best opportunities that I could be. Um, She always supported anything I wanted to do. I apologize, y'all. My voice is just so dry. Let me just take a sip of my water. (laughs) All right, and we're back. So... Yeah, I don't want this to come off as ungrateful because I am far from un- ungrateful. I I love my mom to death, but I have to speak my truth and this is in no way to bash her. So where do we even begin, y'all? <laughs> when I was younger, I came to the realization that I may have some daddy issues. When I was growing up, I want to say about, like, when I was in middle school, I ended up realizing, well, at the time, no, but now looking back, yes, I ended up realizing that I was affected by my dad's inconsistency and then absence more than I thought I was. And, for me that just displayed as a lot of anger um a lot of me doing impulsive stuff so I found myself in middle school I ended up getting suspended up to like 10 or 11 times I cannot recall the exact number but I was just constantly getting suspended I was constantly getting into trouble I was constantly a ticking time bomb you didn't have to do much to get me upset and get me to react so looking back on it I feel like I was definitely affected by the fact that I just couldn't quite comprehend the fact that my dad wasn't in my life. Like, I didn't understand why. And for the longest, I found myself just, just really confused and very conflicted with the fact because it's like, like, you're my dad, (laughs) like, why aren't you in my life, why don't you want to be in my life, and it's so sad to say, but that's honestly how I felt, and every time I saw these little girls who had their dads in their life, and these little girls who were daddy's little princess, and were just being protected and loved on by their dad, and I'm just sitting here like, all I have is my mom, and At the time, I didn't realize that that's all I needed. My mom has always been this strong female role model for me. And I admire her in so many ways. But I definitely have to acknowledge the fact that as much as my mom was enough for me, and she took on both roles, and eventually I was given my stepdad, It's just truly, at least for me, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but truly for me, I definitely felt like I was still missing that love, that attention, that relationship, that bond with my dad. And it's just different. You just, you, you grasp onto different things from different parents and that's just the reality of it. So For the longest, I just felt empty, and I'm not going to lie, like, my relationship with my stepdad when I was younger was not the best because I was so angry. I was this angry preteen who just was mad at the world because I just didn't get why it didn't work out with my dad, and now that I'm older, I can firmly say, like, that had nothing to do with me and everything to do with my dad. I didn't do anything for that man to not to decide to not be in my life. It's a personal thing for him, and clearly it's a pattern that he has displayed because he wasn't a dad to my oldest brother, my oldest half-brother. He wasn't a dad to my other brother, and he wasn't a dad to me. This man really had three children and decided to not take the responsibility of being a father to any of them. Crazy. With that being said, I wanted to just highlight just not even highlight why I keep saying that fucking word. That's my shit right now. <laughs> but I really just wanted to take the time to define each of these terms. So let's start off with daddy issues. I'm pulling it up on my phone, y'all. Just bear with me. I will link the sources that I'm using this, um, these definitions and whatever the case may be in the description of my bio. And yeah, so you guys can check it out. And I'm also giving credit to the people who provided me with this information, but to verbally cite this, I'm taking this quote from the website talkspace.com and it's their article Do I Have Daddy Issues? Ask a Therapist written by Bisma Anwar and clinically reviewed by Rishana Chapel and Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing anyone's name, that's not my intention. So, let's get into this. What are daddy issues? Daddy issues are adult challenges that can result from one of two likely past experiences either growing up with an absent father or having an abnormal or poor relationship with a father who was physically present. The resulting psychological challenges can manifest in several ways. Commonly, there's an inability to trust other men in your adult life and or a simultaneous strong sexual desire for them. This can also indicate the person having an abusive relationship with their father. But basically, it refers to women who have complex, confusing, or dysfunctional relationships with men. It can describe people, most often women, who project subconscious impulsives towards men- to- towards male partners in their life. These impulsives can be negative or positive and they're caused by an insufficient paternal relationship. Daddy issues can show in many different ways. So some things that I took note of apply to me (laughs) is constantly needing reassurance, choosing an emotional distant or unavailable man, and I added personally hyper-independence. Oh, along with that, we have fear of abandonment and we have difficulty setting boundaries, but that also applies to mommy issues, which we will get into in a little bit. I find myself constantly needing reassurance from my partner. Um, I don't know if it's just me being anxious or if it really is the fact that I do have daddy issues, but I wouldn't say I'm constantly needing reassurance in the sense that it's very frequent. I think it's just one of those things where I do these, I do this thing where I check in with my partner and I'm just like, hey, you know, nigga, is everything okay with us? Like, nigga, do you still like me? (laughs) Do you still feel the same way about me? Like, are you happy with me? Like, what, what is it? Like, I do these check-ins to make sure that Everything is still okay. And it wouldn't it wouldn't be triggered by anything, honestly. It wouldn't be an argument. It wouldn't be a change in a, an attitude. It would just be me having the urge to check in. As for choosing an emotional distant or unavailable man, I find myself in my past really just choosing men that wanted nothing to do with me emotionally. And... That happened a lot, honestly. I just kept just trying to form a relationship with these type of men, and yeah, that was a disaster, and we'll get into that in future episodes, but hyper-independence, and I was struggling where to put this trait, hyper-independence, if I should put it under my mommy issues or my daddy issues, but I ended up deciding to put it with my daddy issues because I feel like because... I had an absent father, I found myself feeling like, well, I was raised by the single mom. She did it all by herself for a long time. I don't need a man because she don't need a man. And I feel like that was definitely triggered by my dad's absence because it's like, yo, he's not here. I see my mom do it all by herself. I can do it all by myself. And I just found myself really just having this hyper-independence where I refuse to ask a man for help and even in my current relationship, I still struggle sometimes accepting help, accepting, um, nice things being done for me because I still struggle with the hyper-independence. It's, it's tough because for so long I didn't have a male figure in my life and then when I finally ended up having a good relationship a good healthy relationship with my stepdad like I was already older so it's something that I'm still working on something that I'm still growing and evolving from honestly so I'm still very much independent but I need to be able to still accept nice things done for me by my partner still be able to ask my partner for help because I know he's there for me, but I don't know why internally I'm instantly like, boom, gotta do it by myself. Boom, I can handle it all by myself. And honestly, I can't handle it all by myself. Like sometimes, um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to receive help. It doesn't make you weak. Let's move on to mommy issues. And this is something that honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you guys, but I'm very sad to talk about this. I feel like it really saddens me because like I told you guys, I love my mom so much and I know that she did everything she could for me to the best of her ability. Whatever resources she was equipped with her entire life to be a mother, I know she did that from the bottom of her heart with all her soul, all her being. And I know it really comes from a good place. But it's tough when you're given these tools by your parents and it sets you up for failure and you end up passing that down generationally and you have no fucking clue. So let's get on to mommy issues. And this time I'm going to start off by defining it. And again, we're using Talkspace.com. It's an article saying, do I have mommy issues? Ask a therapist is written by, is written by Elizabeth Keohan, clinically reviewed by Bisma Anwar. So what are mommy issues? Mommy issues are known as psychological challenges stemming from a strain sorry, stemming from strained relationships with mothers or mother figures during the formative years. These challenges can manifest as negative self-image, trust issues, and emotional difficulties in adulthood. Understanding and addressing mommy issues is essential for personal growth, healing, and building healthier relationships. If you're experiencing mommy issues in one way or another, your relationship with your mother was likely lacking. So that's all I'm going to take from that. Because we have a lot to talk about. But y'all, these are some traits that I noted based on the research I was doing. I feel like for my mommy issues, I ended up becoming a people pleaser. I have this attachment style, y'all. I am an anxious, preoccupied attachment style. I also have detachment issues, I have trust issues. I have fear of abandonment. I have difficulty expressing expressing affection. I have poor communication, dependency, and difficulty setting boundaries. Now, y'all, that is a lot. But it's okay. We are here to learn. We are here to really just get into it. So, let's start with people pleasing. My childhood consisted of My mom wanting me to be the best that I could. She wanted this daughter who was perfect, didn't get into trouble, got straight A's, and was just amazing. She wanted this daughter who she could brag about, honestly. Now, the reality of it was, I was not that daughter. But I feel like my mother, and I'm sorry mom... I feel like she was a little Delulu because she thought I was. But because I had so much pressure from her to be this perfect straight A student, gotta go to college, gotta get a good job, like, gotta do all these things, I ended up growing up to be this person who just wanted to please her. I wanted to make her happy. And it's funny because I came across this, um... This person who has a podcast and he sat down with his mom and he had an open conversation with her. Actually, I wanted to, I want to give him some credit and guide you guys to that video. So let me just look for his information and hop back on. Okay, so I found the podcast It's called Chai Talk Podcast and that's the Instagram handle that I came across. But basically, he was having this discussion with his mom to the best of my recollection basically he was telling his mom that he felt like he was living for his parents and the mom just couldn't understand she's like what do you mean you're living for your parents like son everything I've done was for you type shit so basically he explains and he's just like everything that he's done from trying to get good grades from trying to go to the best college from trying to pick the best career from trying to Accomplished the fact that he wanted to buy his parents a house. Like everything that he was doing was to see his mother happy, to please her, to really just make her happy. And I can relate to that a lot. I found myself just. I don't know if y'all ever experienced this, but as a child, I found myself having this like dual personality one personality where I would present to my mom, where I was this perfect student. I mean, I was still getting in trouble in school, but I was this perfect student. I've never had a boyfriend. I don't even think about guys. I'm over here focused on my schoolwork. I have female friends. Like, I'm not out here doing fuck shit, basically. And then I had this other personality in which only my friends can witness I had this personality with my mom and I had this personality with my friends and I constantly had to switch between the two to the point where I ended up growing up and I'm like, wait a minute, like, my mom don't even know who I am. Like, she don't even know that she got this goofy ass daughter. She don't even know that, like, she got this outspoken-ass daughter. I'm over here, like, watching what I say on social media because I have family members reporting back to my mom what I was saying on there. Like, it was just crazy. So, I feel like, honestly, even as an adult, I struggle with people-pleasing tendencies. I think it's gotten better over the years, but, I mean, it's gotten better definitely because now I'm an adult and I truly do not give a fuck, so that dual personality shit just ain't it I just found myself becoming more private with certain things certain aspects of my life when it comes to my mom but for the most part it's just me girl like hello (laughs) I'm gonna talk back I'm gonna say what's on my mind and that's just that because I'm an adult so yeah I still struggle with some people pleasing tendencies um I find myself finding it very hard to like speak up sometimes because i don't want to upset or i don't want to cause conflict between anyone i don't want anybody to think that i'm like doing too much or asking for too much and sometimes i just i feel bothered by something but i wouldn't say anything or i'll contemplate saying something because of it i also find myself um i have to catch myself sometimes too where I would do certain things in order to get that applause or get that praise from certain people in my life, and that's not okay because that's not really living for me. I'm doing it for a certain reaction. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other people-pleasing tendencies that I have, but yeah, I'm just very much like I'll keep the peace before disrupting it because I'm just... I don't want to be that person because I was made felt like I've been that person who's been a bother, been asking for too much, um, inconveniency people, and I'm just slowly learning how to just speak up. If something's not it, it's not it, and I just can't help but to have to speak up because it's my feelings. It's my experience, so yeah. Now, let's get into this anxious preoccupied attachment style now y'all not to put my boyfriend's business out there but my boyfriend's attachment style is literally the complete opposite of mine so let's get into it what is an anxious preoccupied attachment style so i took this little test um it was this website i can also leave that in the bio if you guys are interested in that But it basically says, your fear of abandonment may be getting in the way of you forming healthy relationships that last. You're an extremely empathetic person who has mastered the art of connecting with others on a deep and wreathed level. You may be a social butterfly or deeply value being in long-term relationships. You're an expert at reading people and are the person your friends turn to when they need help. Yet ironically, your relationships are often a huge source of your pain in your life because you have such an enormous desire for deep connections losing the people closest to you is one of your biggest fears the deep fear causes you to do whatever it takes to stay close to them even if it means even if it means sacrificing your own needs and boundaries in the process Your underlying fear of abandonment is amplified in your romantic relationships, especially when you find yourself dating someone who likes their space, someone who isn't very emotionally expressive, or someone who doesn't appear to really need you. When you're met with these situations, you often feel like you're giving and giving and giving, but nothing back in return. All of this leads you to wonder, why aren't I enough? Because of this internal struggle, it's common for you to become angry and resentful towards your partner when they're not meeting your expectations, not knowing how to express yourself best, you may pick fights with your partner constantly pushing them away only to reaffirm your beliefs that you're going to be abandoned and end up alone. Now (laughs) y'all, woo child, that shit was such a reality check because honestly, I found myself in the beginning of the relationship with my boyfriend, I found myself feeling like I was giving and giving, giving, just like it described in the description, I found myself just feeling like I was giving more than I was receiving. But I feel like now I came to terms with the fact that the way I express love is very different from my boyfriend's. And it doesn't mean that he loves me any less. It just means that the way he shows his love is not going to ever be equivalent to the way I show my love because I show my love very expressive like I'm such a I need to say cute little paragraphs I have to show my appreciation randomly I'm such a here's a random gift I was thinking about you I'm such a I'm such a loud lover and I don't say that with like social media shit but I'm such a loud lover to my partner like you are going to hear from me that I fucking love you. <laughs> and it hasn't always been like that, which I will talk about in a little bit. But that's the type of lover I am. And the type of lover that my boyfriend is, is very much like, I feel like he shows up for the people he loves. Because I ended up kind of um breaking that connection that the way he shows his love does not equate to how much he loves me I'm understanding things a lot more and it just has been a lot of just me communicating and bringing it to his attention because honestly when you're in a relationship it really just consists of not just it really consists of a lot of just communicating and just making sure that you two are on the same page because if I would have never communicated that with him then I would be feeling so frustrated and so, like, conflicted within myself. I would have been having this battle internally with myself because I'm not expressing that to him type shit. Now, moving on to detachment styles, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. Before I got into my current relationship, I struggled with detachment a lot. Like, I found myself just being able to easily detach from situations whether it's me convincing myself that it was just time or it actually being time I just detached cut that off and kept it pushing and I feel like in a way that kind of contributed to a little bit of commitment issues because y'all I didn't really take anyone serious until my current partner and I always said growing up, oh my god, like I want to be in a relationship, like I'm such a lovely girl, but y'all, I was fucking scared shitless, I was so scared of what came with being in a serious relationship, I was so scared of the possible heartbreak, I was so scared of the possible betrayal, I was scared of every negative aspect to the point that I kind of played it out to be a situation or situations that never got serious because I was so scared I found myself doing that I also like when I first was getting to know my current partner like I caught myself a few times just oh my goodness like he upset me clipped I'm done and this was very very early on y'all and I had to catch myself because I'm like girl like what the fuck is wrong with you like like, you really like this, man, this one thing upsetted you, just talk about it, why you gotta walk away from the whole thing, and, like, it's crazy, like, that mindset is wild, but when I ended up catching myself, I ended up really just, in a way, getting rid of that completely, because my current partner is such an amazing listener, I could commute commute what (laughs) I could communicate anything with him and he's so understanding he's so attentive and he's so mindful like so considerate like I I love this man y'all but he's such an easy person to communicate with versus I can't even picture being with someone who isn't an easy person to communicate with Because I know that would trigger my detachment tendencies so much. But because my partner is so easygoing. Like, it's so easy to just be like, listen, I'm feeling like this. Like, this is what I got to say. And he's like, okay, I hear you. I understand. Like, I get that. Um, Like, we'll work on A, B, C, and D. It's like, okay, boom. Boom. I had this issue, I was triggered by it, my initial response, it's kind of like fight or flight, my initial response was, I'm out, but because you're so easy going, that I'm um, out doesn't even come across my mind anymore, because I'm just so used to just, this is my issue, and he's like, alright, and this is the solution, and then... It's not done, because obviously it's being worked on, but in a way it's done. Difficulty expressing affection. Now, y'all, I want to talk about this, because growing up, y'all, my mother wasn't really showing affection, like hugs, like, I'm going to give you a kiss on the cheek, I'm going to tell you I love you. It was none of that. She was the type of mother that was very much, I'm doing these things because I love you, and that's it as you guys can imagine for a long time I had struggled with being able to show my affection with hugs any physical form any verbal form for real I remember I had this friendship and she was my best friend and she grew up so differently than me she was very much like handsy oh my god I'm gonna give you a hug I love you kiss on your cheek and I just remember being like ew what the fuck (laughs) Like, no offense to her. It wasn't even like that. Cause I did love her too, but it was kinda like, I loved you. I loved you. I love you, and I'm showing you that I love you, but I will not tell you verbally that I love you. I will not display it through physical actions. And now that I look back on it, because that was what? We're in twenty twenty three, that was maybe like five years ago. And now I think like, damn. Like I'm so different now I love hugs I love kisses I love holding hands I love physical displays of affection affection like I just love it I love loving out loud and yeah but for the longest I was impacted by that because of how my mom displayed her love it was kind of passed down to me and that's how I learned to display my love too But now, I'm more verbal. Now, I'm more physical. Poor communication. I feel like that also plays into what I was saying with, um, what was it? The detachment issues. But otherwise than that, I told you guys, like, I feel like now my communication is top tier. Other than the fact that sometimes I do hesitate to really just speak up because of my people-pleasing tendencies. And... Yeah, I think so. That's pretty much it. Difficulty setting boundaries. Now, y'all, we're almost done. (laughs) We are almost done, y'all. Y'all been sticking it through with me for those that are still here. All right. Difficulty setting boundaries. Now, y'all, I still struggle with this to this day. Now, let me tell you this. Y'all, I grew up as an only child. I have two half brothers that are older, but we all have different moms and we don't see each other much. Um, for those of you that may not know me personally or may not have me on social media, but I lost my brother to an overdose um back in twenty twenty two, August, and that was my oldest brother. So, he's deceased now. Um, we had a very estranged relationship. And, yeah, I don't want to get too much on, off track. We will talk about it in a future episode that we will talk about grief. Then I have another brother who's younger than my oldest brother. He's the middle child. And we have an estranged relationship, too. So, I grew up as an only child. And I'm my mom's only child. So, a lot of things my mom depends on me for. Like, whenever it's time to pay a bill, I'm the one that's calling and paying the bill. I'm the one that's constantly on top of that. Whenever it's navigating something on technology, I'm doing that. Whenever it's anything, honestly, I'm the one that's in charge of that. So, I've had so many arguments with my mom because the older I got, especially as an adult, I feel like that's when things really set in. As an adult, I found myself like, she'll ask me to do something for her and sometimes I'm just not up to do it right then and there. I am a person who has a full-time job. There was a certain point where I was a full-time student i just be tired, y'all. I'll be tired as hell. So, or I'll be doing something. If I'm not tired as hell, I'm over here doing something for myself. So, the issue with my mom is she'll ask me to do something. And I'll find myself like, okay, I got you, but not right now. Give me some time. And that would upset her because she's like, what do you mean? Why can't you do it right now? And I'm not gonna lie, yo, A lot of times I fold and I end up doing it. But I've been working on setting those boundaries with her, where I need to be realistic with myself, because I would be constantly doing things for her and her and her to the point that I had no time to do anything for myself. Or like for example, recently she told me I needed to help her with something, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go Saturday. Now Saturday came, I got this random urge to clean my room i had so many clothes i had to put away fold all that i cleaned my room and it took up most of the day and i ended up falling asleep so she's like oh like still come over sleep over whatever now y'all i love my bed i don't know about y'all she's my mom it's her home and by the way, I do not live with my mom, I'm sorry, I didn't state that, but we live in two separate apartments, I live in an apartment with my stepdad, and she has her own separate apartment, so, yeah, I love my bed, so, I love my little sleepovers with my mom, but I love my bed, I love sleeping alone, like, it's just nothing like sleeping in the comfort of your own bed. It's nothing like being in the comfort of your own home. So, I was not really feeling that. I was not feeling good. So, I was like, you know. So, she gets upset. Doesn't speak to me. And then, we ended up speaking before I went to sleep. And I just kept at a buck with her. Um, I was just like, hey girl. I'm really tired. I'm actually not going to go to sleep in your house. I'm going to stay here. I do have plans tomorrow morning with my boyfriend, but as soon as I finish that, I will head straight to your crib before I go to my crib and we will work on what you need help with. And that's exactly what I did. So I go to her crib, I review everything. I kept it real with her. I was like, hey, I can do this, this, and this today, but I'm going to need some time with this because it takes a lot of time. And that's just been that. It's been a lot of realizing the fact that I have a lot more mommy issues than daddy issues, and it saddened me at first with the realization because I just kept thinking to myself, like, how did the parent that stayed and really took on her responsibility cause more damage than the one that left? And yo, that shit made me feel so sad because yo, I love my mom. I really do. But it makes sense. I was talking to my boyfriend about this briefly. And he's like, I mean, yeah, like obviously because you didn't spend that much time with your dad. I'm like, you know, you onto something, like you really are but it's just sad like and i just kept thinking like damn what if i'm over here thinking like i'm doing my best for my kids my future kids what if i'm thinking i'm doing the best for my future kids like i'm here thinking i'm like really doing this parenting shit and i end up causing more damage too and my boyfriend is so good with like being like he keeps me so grounded but He just basically said like, I mean, when the time comes, it'll come, but you know, you're very open-minded and you have the willingness to change. And when he said that, that's the one, like the open-mindedness and willingness to change are really key, y'all, because it takes a lot to admit that you're wrong. You know, we're very we have egos, we're very prideful, but the first step is being able to take accountability and acknowledge that you're wrong, because we are human, like, we are not perfect, so it's okay. If a mistake was done and is being expressed like, yo, this is really impacting me negatively, or listen, I did not like this, that first step is acknowledging that. I apologize. That was not my intention, but Please tell me more. Like, I want to hear where you're coming from. And that second step is really just the open-mindedness. Okay, you know what? My kid does have a point. I really could have went about this A, B, C, and D. And then that third step is that willingness to change. You know what, y'all? My kid is right. This may have worked for me growing up, this has, this may have worked for me all of my life, but now I need to change because this is impacting my kid, and I do not want to do that, I want my kid to be happy, and I want to have this happy relationship with my kid, and y'all, not too much on me, because I do not have any kids, but this is something that I'm speaking on, because I was in a kid's shoe, I was the child, and That's something that I really, really needed from my mom. And sometimes I still do need from my mom. So that's all I really wanted to tap in and talk about because it's just something that's been on my mind heavily, y'all. And I really just want to be transparent with y'all. I'm really putting my business out here. But I'm really looking forward to it because I know the people... Hold on, y'all. I need some water. (laughs) I know that the people that are tuning in to my podcast episode... I mean, some of y'all might be nosy. I'm not even gonna lie. Some of y'all really might be nosy. But I know a lot of y'all are really just here to work on yourselves, to get to know me better, and really just have a discussion with me. Like, honestly and truly. So, me putting my business out here, podcast form, <clears throat> I just know whoever's tuning in is really tuning in because they want to, like... Because they really want... They really see the vision. They see the vision of POV by POC. And that's just on period. So, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I am super excited to launch this. It is currently February 11 when I'm filming this. It's almost 10 p.m. And... Yeah. Bear with me, y'all. To give y'all some insight. Honestly... POV by POC will be on numerous platforms, and again, it will be on rss.com, it will be on youtube.com, those are the free slash non-subscription based platforms, and then it will be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and those are subscription based. Now, y'all, like I said, let me know if there's any other platforms that you guys would like to see, well, not see, but you guys would like to listen to POV by POC and I will try to come through. You guys can reach me through email, POV by POC at gmail.com or Instagram at POV by POC. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you made it this far, I really do appreciate it. I've honestly been receiving so much support over my relaunch post. And I just can't express how thankful and how happy I am, honestly. This is something that just started off as an idea, and it's really coming to life. I am honestly open to any topics you want me to talk about, and I will try my best to talk about it, so you guys can email me or DM me on Instagram through POV by POC, and I will try my best, y'all. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you guys tune in for the next episode. This is Valerie, your host, and I'm signing out.